Hello, and welcome to the White Man Can Jump podcast. I'm joined by my co-host here, Andrew Brownlee, on this free agent edition episode of the White Man Can Jump podcast, uh, coming to you on the 4th of July weekend. How you doing, Brownlee? Doing well. Um, looking forward to not working tomorrow, and uh, hopefully getting some more crazy trades. Yeah. We can only hope for more. We've, we've gotten some. We'll talk about the ones that have happened, maybe some that are to come, and uh, everything in between. Um, with the uh, free agency, um, you know, a few days in now at this point, most of the big signings have um, taken place. Um, but before we get into what's actually taking place in terms of signings and trades, it's what is blooming and net and um, Brooklyn that has a lot of people talking right now. So we'll jump in this, you know, as just about everyone knows at this point, Kevin Durant uh, requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, He listed the Suns and the Heat as his two preferred destinations. Um, You know, the Nets have made it clear that they're going to do what's best for them, which they obviously should as any team should in this situation. Um, So, you know, it really, you know, there's more suitors than that. Um, a lot of people talk about the Raptors um, as a lurking um, contender as well. Um, and, you know, there's a few other teams we'll talk about. But let, let's start with the two two teams on his list, the Suns and the Heat. Um, they do both have the assets to, to make a pretty good deal for Kevin Durant. Um, you know, the Suns could do a sign-and-trade with Aiden, include uh, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, or Landry Shamit. Or a couple picks, some combination of that, you know, would get you there, I think. Um, you know, I, I think they would try to keep Bridges out of the deal, but I, I don't think you could afford to do that um, I, unless you're going to make more of a pick package, uh, which it sounds like the Nets still want to win. Um, what, do you, what do you think of the Suns' odds of, of pulling this off and, and what they'd look like afterwards? Yeah, I feel like... It's been talked about more frequently that the Suns are the favorite to land KD. Uh, and I think part of that is just that's where KD wants to go the most. But they also have pretty good assets. Um, they, the Nets, would face an issue, I think. Uh, this is according to cap people who know a lot more than me that doing a sign and trade like with Aiden makes it a lot harder for them to actually like field a team. Um, so I think there's some cap gymnastics that would need to be met. And, uh, you know, in the NBA, literally like anything is possible. People say there's untradeable contracts and untouchable pieces, but I think we've seen at least in the, rumor mill so far that uh, untradeable contracts like Westbrooks and untradeable assets like KD uh, definitely can't be traded. So uh, I think the Suns can make this happen. Um, and I think they, if they want to win a title, they got to make it happen. Um, you know, Chris Paul only has so much more time uh, being an effective player, so I think you just have to make it happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you go for it too. I mean, 
chances are you're losing Aiden anyways, it seems like. Um, seems like that relationship's been fractured since they didn't extend him last summer. And um, so if you're going to lose him, you might as well lose him, picking up one of the greatest players of all time. So, um, yeah, I think that's a move that if you're looking to actually capitalize on the last one or two years of Chris Paul's window, this is a move that you make. And, and you know, Kevin Durant's on a pretty similar horizon. He's probably got a couple more years left than, than CP3 does. But, um, you know, these are the last couple years of his prime that you're going to get um, those first couple years um, after trading for him. So I, I think it's a great pick. If, you, know, you can roll out CP3, Booker, and... Um, Kevin Durant, you don't need much else around you, so um, you know we'll see if that happens. Um, the other the other spot was the Heat that he mentioned. Um, they also have the assets. Um, the people have been mentioning Bam, um, Tyler Hero, um, Gabe Vincent, Struess, and you know potentially pick some combination of that. Um, you know they would obviously like to keep Bam out of the deal. Um, I think that's pretty hard. Um, if you, I don't think they have enough without Bam in the deal. Um, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, I wonder if you do give up all that though. Like, is that a team that's good enough to win championship? If we have KD, amazing, um, Butler, amazing, uh, Kyle Lowry, you know, didn't look himself last year, and maybe that was just injuries holding him back. But uh, there's not a lot left on that team if you just strip it for everything else. Um, we can run up Bam and Hero and Vincent and Strauss. Yeah, yeah I was saying yeah. some combination of that. So um, yeah. not all those are one, but I, I see what your point is. Like, yeah. It's not going to be the same team. Part of the reason that team was so good was the depth on the team. And, yeah. Um, but then if you're at the Nets, like, you got to be asking for him and Hero, for sure. Um, maybe you can like let Strauss go if you um, don't care that much about uh, you know role players. But you gotta be asking for those two assets. Yeah, the point is, this is a legitimate conversation the Heat are having right now, trying yep. to figure out trades that they can make to get Kevin Durant. Um, normally, when you know superstars put together lists like this, it's to like the five teams with the least amount of cap space and um, that's where they want to go and it's you know generally pretty hard to get there but this they actually have the pieces and the cap space to do so so um, you know I think uh, I think I think the odds like you said the odds are probably the Suns get them um, but I, I think you can't sleep on the heat and Pat Riley um, pulling something off here um, he always seems to pull it off when we least expect it um, but another team, the Raptors, um, people mentioned Scotty Barnes straight up, um, from what I've been hearing, uh, all my sources, um, that I have out there, um, it sounds like the Raptors aren't interested in doing that and, and you know, you don't, you don't blame them. Um, I mean, they are in a, a position to win now, especially if that's all you give up. Um, if you just... Putting Kevin Durant in there um, around, you know, Anobi, Van um, Vliet, um, Siakam. I mean, that's a pretty strong team right there. That's 
pretty close to the title favorite, if not the title favorite after that trade. Um, but you are giving up potentially 15 years of Scotty Barnes. Um, so, you know, that would be at a, you know, win now. It's a win now move versus a win, win for years move kind of way to look at it. Um, or, you know, yeah. some combo of Bambley, Birch, Thaddeus Young, Ananobi. You know, three of three of those four and a couple picks maybe. Um, but so they, they have a couple options too. Um, and it sounds like they are very much so in this mix. So um, what, what are your thoughts on those couple couple trade packages there? Yeah, I mean, if I were the Raptors and I could get KD for Scotty Barnes and picks or even Scotty Barnes and like Siakam and picks, I would do it. Like, I think this team would be the favorite to win it all if they had Van Vliet, Ananobi, Siakam, or just one of the two of them, plus KD, and then round out your rotation and bench from there. But that, to me, sounds like definitely a title contender, if not a favorite. Um, and we know Messiah has gone all in on a disgruntled superstar before and it worked out really well. So um, I, I think that would be my favorite landing spot for KD. Yeah. Okay. I was going to ask that at the end. Um, another one, this one probably doesn't seem very likely. Uh, I haven't heard too much talks seriously about it. Is Jalen Brown straight up? I've heard a lot of you know, talking heads talk about it um, for Kevin Durant for the Celtics I just I don't see them breaking up that core after what just happened this past year, um, but you know I think that is a pretty fair trade. Um, yeah, I. I mean, I think, pick if you're Boston. Yeah, um, I mean if Boston, I mean I, I think again, teams shouldn't like outsmart themselves. Um, KD is a much better player than Jalen Brown. Yeah. Uh, it's not, like, very close. Um, no. So, I mean, if you really want to win a title and the only rotation piece you have to give up is Jalen Brown and then you have some picks attached to that, I still think, like, you got to do that. But, um, like you said, it, there hasn't been a lot of smoke there. Um, and the Celtics we'll probably talk about it later, but they've improved their team without giving much without giving up much assets already. And they were just in the finals, so they have to be feeling pretty good about where they stand. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're really I mean they have plenty of assets that they do want to get in the market for Kevin Durant. But um that seems unlikely at this point. Um you know the Cavs seem like they're one or two pieces away so um you know similar to Barnes Mobley straight up um you know that would turn them from you know playing for the future to winning now and they got you know Darius Garland an all-star last year Jared Allen I think also an all-star last year um so you know that would be a pretty good team to build around uh, Ricky Rubio um, backup point guard looks like he'll be, and, and looks like they're going to bring Consex back too. So, 
Um, you know, I, I don't see the Cavs doing it the same reason as the Raptors. I think you'd rather have the 15 years, potentially. Um, <laughs> at least that's that's how um, it seems to be the, the thought process. I, I, I don't know that they're necessarily a, the title favorite like the Raptors are if they make that trade, you know? Yeah, I think that would be my reservation also is like if you're trading for Katie, you're doing it because that will put you over the top to be the favorite or at least in the combination of two or three teams for the title. So yeah. I don't think that gets the Cavs there. Yeah. And then that explains that would hold on to the future asset in Mobley. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely helps them a lot, um, of course, but it just it doesn't give you enough of a a shot at the title to justify it. Um, now, just for fun, the Warriors, you know, there's no way he's going back there after all circumstances, but they have the assets, Wiggins, Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman. I mean, that's that's pretty much a deal right there. Maybe they can throw in a pick. Uh, or maybe not. I mean, the way the... Warriors think about Kaminga that I don't think they would trade him for very much anyways um, but you know not happening but it'd be awesome reunion um, just to see them all play together again would be great uh, just because you know that's really the best basketball we've ever seen whether you you like them teaming up with them or not um, basketball has just never been better on a, on a non-all-star team but, um, so, uh, unfortunately that won't happen, but potentially the Grizzlies have a bunch of assets and they're all young. Um, so that could be enticing. Um, you know, some combo of Jaron Jackson Jr. probably be the centerpiece of the, the trade. Um, you know, I think, I think the Grizzlies like to hold on to Desmond Bain, but he might be in a trade. Dylan Brooks, Tyus Jones and picks. I mean, when you say you want to hold on to these people, I mean, Desmond Bain sounds like a great player, like, and he, and he has been so far in his career, especially after, you know, the jump he made last season, but you're, you're trading for Kevin fucking Durant, so it's like, yeah. you, you're going to have to part ways with something you care about, like, you're just going to have to accept that, like, so, um, you know, I don't, I don't know how seriously the Grizzlies are con- considering this, considering, you know, they might just want to run it back for the next, you know, three or four years, it seems like they'll have a, the same kind of core intact. So, um, you know, I haven't heard too many rumblings of them getting too involved, but they do have the assets that they want to, you know, make a trade and pair jaw with Kevin Durant, which um, would be really um, enticing. Yeah, I think the complicating factor is the, I think, fractured foot or something for Triple J. Yeah, um, until beginning of the year. Yeah, so he's out for a while, and then like he got to feel pretty confident about his chances of recovery from that to make that trade. The Nets are signaling that they want to be competitive next year um, and into the future, so we'll see how much of that is just like uh, a little bit of fluff to try to amp up the like current assets they could get. But yeah, I think it would maybe hold them back from the possibility of going forward with the Grizz trade but again Grizz are in a place where 
I think you could realistically consider them contenders if they get KD. So, I mean, any any team that is a MVP player away from being a total contender, which should be most of the teams, should be considering this. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think the Grizzlies at least have to make the call and see what it would cost. Yeah, I mean, there, there's certain teams that just really don't have the assets unless you just want to trade star for star, which, right. you know, like, doesn't hardly ever happen. Um, so, um, you know, I think another team similar, the Pelicans have some young assets as well. You know, Zion straight up, I mean, it sounds like they just committed to him, but, you know, who knows? They might just sign him just to have that asset. Um or presumed asset for as of now. Um, we'll see how he comes back from these injuries. Um, or you also got the combo of, you know, Brandon Ingram, Larry Nance Jr., Herb Jones, um, would be a coveted asset after his great rookie year. Um, and a couple picks. They, they still got, you know, quite a few picks after uh, the uh, Lakers trade. Yeah. Um, I could definitely see it. I, I don't know, would you rather, if you were the Pelicans, would you rather trade Zion or trade Ingram? Uh, I would rather trade Ingram. Zion's yeah. just got a higher upside. I, I think yeah, Ingram's but I mean, like... I mean, like, if Ingram's your best player, you're probably not going to go very far. If Zion's your best player, you can go pretty far. Yeah, but in this case, KD would be your best player, and then Ingram's your second banana. Yeah, like, true. If you're thinking about, like, literally next season, I would take Ingram over Zion just from a you know you risk do. perspective. Yeah. Um, and if you're trading for KD, like, every season you have him is critical. Because, yeah, he's 34, he's... Seems like he's recovered well from Achilles, but you know maybe that slows him down eventually. So I, don't know. I, I think I might prefer to just like trade Zion and filler, um, and then you have a championship-worthy team after that. If you still have Ingram, CJ, maybe you can keep Nance also, but they've got a, a bunch of young like rotation pieces that could fit in around that. Yeah, I I I haven't heard too many too many rumblings from them actually being serious either. But like you said, they do have other pieces too. Um, I I think they'd want to keep CJ McCollum after just trading for him. But you never know. Um, you know, like you said, just a chance to get Kevin Durant. So whatever they would ask for, you would have to consider. I would think um, if you're serious yeah. about it. Just uh, juggling up your young core um, and take a shot at the title next year. So and these are these are the eight candidates we had. You know, like we said, everyone that really the top half of the league should be thinking about it. Not everyone has the assets to really do so, unless you're going to shake up your whole team, which most teams are not inclined to do. Um, but so that's just part of the net situation. You know, we got Kyrie Irving re-signed. 
or opted in, I guess, didn't resign. Um, and, you know, thoughts are that he's probably not going to be able to, he's not a very trade-worthy asset right now, so they'd probably end up staying in Brooklyn, but um, they also said yesterday they're not interested in trading him right now, which I don't believe that at all. Yeah. Now they got to get something for him, and it sounds like the Nets just want to get rid of him also, so... Yeah, um, so I don't know what they can get for him, but uh, I'm sure they're fielding calls for him as well. Sounds like the only plausible team that wants him the most is the Lakers, but they can't afford to pay him the 36 without getting rid of Westbrook pretty much. Um, so it uh, be interesting to see where that ends up. Um, but I know uh, Ben Simmons, is not, this is not what he expected that he would uh, was walking into when he signed up for this. Not that he is not without his own drama, but um, you know he's, he still hasn't played a game for them yet, and he's probably not going to play with the two superstars that he was traded to play with. So um, it's just crazy how fast things change in this league. Um, it's absolute chaos. Um, it's really interesting to see where it's going to go. Yeah, so we'll continue to follow that as the rest of the NBA world world NBA world will. Um, now let's just run through a couple of the max or the yeah, pretty much all the max deals that we had uh, from the first few days of free agency. So. The first one, um, your boy, Bradley Beal, signing a five-year, 251 Supermax um, with the Washington Wizards. Zach Levine re-signing with the Bulls, five years, 215 max. Booker signing a four-year, 224 million max. Um, let's go back to the Suns, or that's an extension, sorry, so stay with the Suns. Um, Jokic. Signed an extension for five years, $264 million, Supermax. Cat signed the same contract as Booker, four years, $224 million. Um, Garland, these are the rookie extension here. Garland, these are for five year, 193, could be worth up to 290 or 231, depending on the incentives. Um, Garland, Ja, and Zion, all three signed the same deal. Uh, I know you're concerned about your boy Bradley Beal and your Washington Wizards. Um, we can talk about him. Is there any other of these contracts you might be concerned about going forward? Uh, I don't think any of them really concern me. I, even the Beal deal, I, if he if he even plays at the level he played last season, which was fine, um, not amazing. I think it'll be a fine deal. It's just what worries me the most is another like John Wall devastating injury that totally takes his value, and then you're stuck with a fifty plus million dollar lodestone. Um, and in the moment, I think it was the right thing for the Wizards to do. Uh, what they should have done is just traded Beal two years ago. And, gotten better assets and actually committed to a tank 
to try to rebuild the team. But for where they are right now, I think the Supermax is fine. He's not, quote-unquote, worth the money. But as long as he doesn't get injured until he takes value, I think he can move off the contract. Uh, and he won't get much for it, but he'll get something if you need to. Um, the one that I kind of want to talk about is Jokic. Like, I'm not worried about him keeping his value, but I am worried about the Nuggets actually like committing to building a contender around him. Uh, and uh, I, I know I'm a homer, so I'm going to discuss another Wizards move, but the trade that the Nuggets made moving off of Barton and Morris to bring back KCP and Ishner. It just smells like a, well, first, their starting five should be amazing. But part of the reason they did that trade seems to be to duck the luxury tax. And if you have Jokic, a back-to-back MVP, like, why are you still ducking the luxury tax? You got to, put everything you can into winning a title with that guy. Um, that's, from me, I'm not worried about Jokic's performance. I'm worried about the team actually committing to winning a title with him. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and you, you, want, you hope that about, like, all the owners of these teams. I mean, like, the Suns are notoriously cheap spenders and, you know, um, they're not they're not all the biggest franchises really you look at look at the teams that are on here and most of them are smaller markets so yeah they're willing to commit to one guy um, but are they willing to commit to the second guy and then you know the quality role players and everyone else you have to have to you know build a championship team so um, like like you said most of these players are worth every penny they got um, or close to it, so I don't. I don't really have any issue. Um, you know, I think Garland, you know, had a great year last year, um, but I think he still got a little to prove to prove that he's worth that one ninety three. I think he. I think he will, but like I, I, I think it's a little risk giving it to him like after essentially one good year. Um, granted, it was all star level season, um, and and I I do believe in him. It's just the rest of these guys. You know, I, I guess John Zion, or Zion hasn't really proved it for more than a year either. But, you know, we know what his ceiling is, and it's very high. So it's obviously worth giving Zion that. Obviously, that, that might be the riskiest one out of all of them in terms of where his floor could be from this contract, you know? Yep, definitely. So. Um, they... Uh, there was quote-unquote protections for both sides on that deal. The details haven't been released, but yeah. it might be tied to, like, games played or something. Yeah, I saw that, too. Um, yeah, that's smart for the Pelicans. Um, let's move into some of the trades here. Um, there's been, been a couple big trades. Um, probably the biggest one is Rudy Gobert for... Um, Vanderbilt, Beasley, Beverly, Walker Kessler, Leandro Balmaro. Never heard of him, but wanted to give him a shout-out, you know. Um, unprotected 
first rounders and 23, 25, 27, and top five protected first rounder and 29. So that's four first rounders and, you know, three, three rotation guys and a first round pick from this past year's draft. Um, so that's, that's a pretty big haul right there for um, the Jazz to at least, wouldn't you say? Yeah, uh, when I saw the number of picks and the number of unprotected or lightly protected picks, I like could not believe it for a second. Um, I'm pretty sure I heard that so much money. You, you put four picks in, you can only you can only protect one of them or something like that. That's why it was like that. Okay, but wow. I, yeah, I thought it was bizarre too that none of them were protected except for the last one, which was yeah. barely. Yeah, um, uh, I think it's a massive overpay. I don't think it makes the Timberwolves like contenders. Um, and it kind of accelerates your timeline when you have, you know, a up and coming superstar, but he's only what twenty years old. Anthony Edwards, um, he's got to you know make quite a leap for this to really be worth it. Um, I do not get the value. I think they'll be a very good team. Could maybe be a fringe contender, but I, I don't think it really gets them quite there. I think it's uh. Um, well, I, I was just gonna say, like I we we've seen Gobert be played up before basically every playoff series. So is that going to happen again here or are they going to somehow solve that problem yes, before yeah. next year's That's playoffs? Things. I think in the, in the regular season, they'll be fine and they'll be a better team. They'll probably, they could be a top three seed in the, the West next year. I mean, they could be like yeah. two games ahead of the sixth seed too, you know? So like, what's the real difference? But like, um, I, I, I think to your point, in the playoffs, when everyone goes small, they're going to try to play Gobert and Towns at the same time. Like they're going to have a lot of trouble. Um, and so yeah, like especially like when free agency and trades and draft and stuff like that comes up, it comes up like right after the playoffs. And like so, like you try to think like, could this guy have played in these? at least past playoffs and like, you know, stay on the floor and not have been benched by his coach, you know, as, as a rookie, you know, like that's what you're looking for. And, you know, cause you can't really expect too much else out of most rookies other than just being able to compete against the highest level, um, in the playoffs. But, um, this is an exact example here where if you're thinking about the playoffs, like it doesn't necessarily help you that much. It doesn't seem like, cause you're going to run into a dilemma where, you can't play one of your best players that you're paying 40 plus million dollars to. Um, yep. So I agree. They, I mean, it's a great trade for the jazz. I mean, they got, they got four picks back in it and then they also got a first rounder from here. So they really got five first rounders uh, from this, or they got a four, first rounder from this year. That um, made it five first rounders in the draft. Um, Another draft, another trade that they were involved in was they sent Royce O'Neal to the Nets, 
to your point, still trying to compete, the Nets are giving up a 20, 23 first-rounder. So the Jazz pretty much picked up six first-rounders. Um, trading Gobert and Royce O'Neal, that's pretty nice uh, return, to say the least. Yeah, uh, Danny Ainge acquiring first picks yet again. We'll see what he's able to do with them. Yeah. But uh, I think the Jazz have done great, and we'll see you know, where they go from here, whether they are actually serious about trading Donovan Mitchell or they'll try to retool around him now with the assets that they've built up. I mean, they got some decent rotation players from the Timberwolves also. So yeah. it's not like they have a barren team around him now. No. Yeah, they got three three guys that'll be play on any team, so um they'll it can still be a decent team if they keep Mitchell and and try to build around him a little bit. But you know, obviously the ceiling is a lot lower without Gobert. Yeah. Um Definitely. and then uh, the first big trade of the uh, off season was DeJounte Murray and Jock Landale. Make sure we get him in the trade as well. For Danilo Gallinari, uh, protected 2023 first round pick, unprotected 25 and 27, and pick swap in 26. Um, what do you think of this trade for? This is obviously a move to, you know, pair. Uh, Trey Young with a defensive-minded backcourt mate um, who can also take the load off of them um, if they're so inclined to do so. Um, what do you think of the move? Yeah, I, so I, I think it is to be determined. I think it really depends on whether Trey Young is going to be a better off-ball player because, yes, Murray is a good defender and he's going to help improve the defense uh, while he's out there, but you're not trading you know, three first-round picks and a first-round pick swap to improve your defense slightly. You're also trying to get the guy who is a really strong on-ball player. Uh, and if you're going to be giving Murray the ball more frequently, you need... Trey Young to do more off the ball. Um, he's a great shooter, uh, but and what I think we'd all like to see is him do more movement to get open and get some of these like quick catch and shoot threes. So if we see that, I think this could be a really good trade for them. But if he's just gonna like stand around off the ball and not do anything, then uh, I don't think it's a good fit. Yeah, I, I agree. Three three first rounders is a lot to give up. Um, I, I think Dante Murray is a great player, and and like you said, in theory, like it makes sense. Like he is almost a perfect guy to put in the backcourt with Trey Young, because um, a lot of what he does well, Trey Young does poorly, and vice versa. Um, so, but one thing I I've learned over the years is. You know, there's some skills that people can pick up over time, and there's skills that they don't. 
And one of those is playing off the ball because that's that's more of a desire thing than anything else. Um, <laughs> like, you know, and I, and I get it for, like, guys like Luca and Trey who, like, have the ball in their hands the entire game. Like, it's exhausting. Like, so when they do get the ball up, like, they probably do need a break. Like, I get it. But, like, at the same time, like, Steph Curry just never stops moving, and that makes him a terror to defend. I mean, not just because he's the best shooter of all time, but because you never know where he's going to go and what's he going to do. Um, it just makes it that much harder. Even if he doesn't get the ball, um, he opens up um, areas for other people to operate in, or you know, his backdoor cut, you know, draws two defenders and and leaves a guy wide open for a three, and so. Um, just being able to do that is not just something you pick up easily. It's not, you know, a, a part of its effort, like I was saying, but, you know, part of it's also basketball IQ, which Trey Young clearly has. I mean, you see, you know, some of the passes he makes and and some of the plays he makes out there, and it's pretty obvious that he understands the game very well. Um, but then you watch how he plays defense, and you wonder, is he committed to, you know, making some of the plays that aren't quite as sexy and um, don't get all the the glory and whatnot as a, you know, a 35-foot three-pointer does or two gloves to shoot. So I'm not saying he doesn't have it in him. I'm just saying we haven't seen it. And there's not a reason to expect it just like just because it's an option now that it, it turns overnight and becomes something that he, he actually has in his bag if he even is trying it to begin with. Totally agree. I, I think it's definitely a, to be seen. Um, but I, I do think it makes the Hawks more exciting for next year. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, another trade involving the Hawks. Um, they traded Kevin Herter to the Kings for Justin Holiday and Mo Harkless in a uh, 2024 lottery protected first round pick. Um, you know, Herter was just signed a deal last offseason, a uh, pretty reasonable contract. So, um, I don't really have too many thoughts on this trade for either team, to be honest. Like, Herter was kind of redundant in their offense with Bogdanovich um, as kind of the backup playmaker behind uh, yeah. behind Trey, obviously. So, it, it makes sense to get off of him and you get a, a 24 first round pick. I, I don't really necessarily get it that much for the Kings, I guess. Um, but, you know, they have plenty of playmakers already, but, um, you know, he's a, he's a solid player, and I'm sure it'll help, help the team. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes the Kings, and actually, like, it, along with other moves they made this offseason, I think it could make them, like, a really fun team to watch. Their defense is going to be terrible, but their offense should be, like, really good. Um, basically, every player they have is, like, a can-get-hot kind of player who doesn't really play defense. So you'll see a ton of high-scoring games from them. Um, they could probably be a playoff team, at least a play-in team. So, yeah, I, I agree. It, it's kind of you know, doesn't move the needle much, but they got, I think I'll make the Kings along with their other moves a fun team to watch. Yeah. 
Um, and then another trade, um, the Boston Celtics. This was really their free agent acquisition, especially because they didn't really give up too much, it seems like that. Um, they traded for Malcolm Brogdon. They gave up Nick Stauskas, Malik Fitz, Juwan Morgan, Daniel Tice, and Aaron Neesmith in a 23 uh, first-round pick. Um, so, I mean, I think if you just think about, if you take all of the De Derek White minutes and gave them to Malcolm Brogdon, your boy, um, yeah. I mean, did they win the title? I I don't know. If that, uh, that's a, I don't know if that's the difference, but it it definitely could make a difference in some of those games, you know. Like yeah. Derek White did play great at times, um, but he was also the best player on the other team at times too. Um, yeah. I, I I don't think Malcolm Brogdon is is the greatest, but he also is is pretty solid, and you know what you're going to get from night to night, which is what you want when you're not you know when you're coming off the bench like that being, you know, really the sixth man, um, you'd rather yeah some stability. Yeah, I think um, the Celtics' biggest issue was, like, half-court offense in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, their transition was still, game was still really good because they have, you know, the Jays. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think Brogdon will help with half court offense, like setting people up, being more of a traditional playmaker who can also shoot pretty well from outside. Uh, I, I think the um, Marcus Smart at point guard uh, experiment went well for the most part, but the wheels kind of fell off when they were facing defenses that kind of keyed in in the half court setting. And I think having a more traditional point guard will be really beneficial for the Celtics. Uh, I love this trade for the Celtics, not just because I love Malcolm Brogdon, but they gave up no one who you would have slated for their Nobody rotation. Yeah. Like, it's just what uh, talking I, about. Like, like there's, there's like three trades like that where they traded a bunch of guys, but none of them have played in the playoffs, right? So it's like, did you lose yeah. anyone? No, not really. I mean, this team just went to the finals, and they added what could be a key contributor starter for them. Um, and I don't know if they would have won the finals with Brogdon, but I think it would have definitely gone a long ways to solving one of the biggest issues they had. Yeah. So I, I thought that was a great trade. Um they yeah. should be... I loved it. I think this is my favorite trade of the offseason so far. Well, you get to maybe your second favorite trade, hopefully. Your Wizards <laughs> getting involved here. Um, this yeah. Was, this is the first one that got kicked off. The Will Barton and Monte Morris. This is what you were talking about earlier for KCP and Ishmith. So, two two good guards um, or wings. Um and Will Barton um, for a wing and a backup point guard. I mean, Ishmith is a, is a solid backup point guard, but Monte Morris might be the best backup point guard in the league, and he could be starting for for some teams out there. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he will be starting for the Wizards, so. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, you guys don't have Spencer Dinwiddie anymore, yeah. No. Uh, 
Uh, I think this was a pretty clear win for the Wizards. Uh, KCP and Barton are not the same player, but they could both be starter slash backup wing players for you. Equal uh, so I think that's yeah, I think that's pretty close to a wash. And then Monte Mars is just worth way more than Ishmael. Smith is a fine glass in case of emergency backup point guard, but Monte Morris is, like you said, could start for many teams, including the one in Washington, D.C. So, like I mentioned earlier, I think this was in part getting a little more defensive help for the Nuggets. KCP is definitely a better defender than Bull Burton is. Um, and they must have seen a redundancy for Monte Morris with um, oh my goodness, I'm blanking so hard. Their guard who had the ACL tear uh, is coming back. Yeah, Jamal Murray, sorry. Uh, All-star in Jamal Murray, and then they feel good about Bones Highland as their backup, so they view Monty Morris as redundant. Um, but I think it's also, like I said earlier, about just ducking the tax, and that's like a $6 million difference in salaries or something like that. Uh, so I would be pretty disappointed if I was a Nuggets fan. Yeah, it's fair. I, I thought you guys won the trade as well. So um, that, was, that was pretty much it for the trades. There might have been one or two other smaller trades, but anything of significance we covered. Um, so free agent signings. Um, Two biggest spenders this year in free agency were the Knicks and the Blazers, at least so far. Uh, Brunson um, signed for four years, $104 million. Um, it's been much um, reported that he was going to go there, um, and he finally signed there. Robinson, Mitchell Robinson signed for four years, $60 million. Hardenstein from the Clippers signed for two years, $16 million. Um, I think all were pretty good signings and might have overpaid for Brunson a little bit, but I mean, if you compare him to, you know, Anthony Simons, four years, $100 million, who do you want? Like, it's pretty, yeah. pretty easy. So, like, when when you look at who else makes around that much, it's, it's about what he should be making. Um, you, you, you don't necessarily feel good about it because it's hard to imagine him as your second best player if you're going to win the championship. But he could definitely be your third best uh, if you had the right team around him. So I, I don't think yeah. that's the case in New York at all. He's probably going to be like their the highest usage player. So um, we'll see. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, I thought, was a pretty good deal at four years, $60 million. Um, you know, fifteen million dollars a year isn't isn't too bad. Uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna get hurt with that. And then Hardenstein, I thought, you know, just a two year, sixteen million dollars, not much commitment there. I mean, he, he was great in uh, in L.A. So I I kind of like what the Knicks did. I don't think it it's anything earth shattering, but uh, I don't think any of these signings are gonna hurt them in any way either. Yeah, I'm like a little worried about the Robinson contract just because I hate paying a lot of money for, you know, fine big men. 
who get injured. But I agree that the Bronson contract, yeah, it seems like a lot of money, but I think it's similar to like the Beal thing on a lesser extent. Like he will probably be worth that money if he plays up to where he played last season. And you can trade him down the line if you really need to. So um, I don't have any problem with bringing Brunson in. I actually really like the Hardenstein deal. He's like one of the advanced analytic darlings. Like he doesn't, he's just like that Swiss army knife glue guy kind of player that doesn't get a ton of like counting stats, but he's always has like the best plus minus on his team. So I think that could be a really good deal for them as well. Yeah. So, you know, I think I they didn't do anything to hurt themselves for once in, in off season. So I, I think that's a win right there. And, you know, I think some of these contracts might actually turn out as a win as well. So um, Portland signed Anthony Simons four years, a hundred million dollars. Um, I think when Dame went down last year, he averaged 23 points a game after that, which is pretty impressive. Uh, I still am skeptical about that deal, to say the least. Um, Nurkic, four years, $70 million, which if he can be healthy, I think that's a pretty solid deal. Um, and Peyton, the second, three years, $28 million. Um, he's a great role player, and he knows how to play his role, and his, his qualities that he has is probably worth $9 million a year. I think that's a fair deal, too. Yeah, I feel like we're pretty similar to the Knicks. These are all, like, uh, facsimiles of each other. Like, like you said, Simon's is worse. So the low less value on that $100 million deal. But Nurkic is another, like, Pretty good center who's going to be making a lot of money and gets injured a lot. And then Peyton, the second, is a great crew guy who does a lot of things that you want on your team. So I like Peyton's deal the most. And then I'm a little worried about uh, Nurkic's deal. Simon's, I think, again, will be fine. So I feel like it's just repeating what I just said about the next. Um, yeah, I, I like the deals. I don't think it makes Portland a contender, but they'll be fun to watch. Yeah. Um, Milwaukee also mostly just bringing, bringing the band back. Um, resign Portis, buy Portis for four years, $49 million. Uh, brought Javon Carter back and Wesley Matthews back um, on cheap deals. And brought Joe Ingles on at, on the middle level exception. Um, I think he should be back in the middle of the season around the All-Star break, probably. I think it's about a year out from when he tore his ACL. So, um, you know, they were just slacking shooting big time last year in the playoffs. Um, so you could provide that for them. I, I like that deal. Um, the double exception, I think, it was like $6.9 million or something like that. So, um, you know, keep just kind of keeping the team together, um, keeping the continuity, which, you know, I, I think if you bring back the big three, it doesn't really matter too much else what you have around it. You got Giannis and and Milton and the holiday, and that's all you really need. 
Yeah, I mean, Holiday wasn't injured, or sorry, Milton wasn't injured. I think most people agree the Bucks are probably in the finals. So if you have a final team, why not run it back and then in take a gamble on Joe Ingles. It's low stakes. He's, you know, old and wasn't very athletic to begin with, so we'll see what he has left after coming off an ACL, but why not let him recover? You're not going to need him for the regular seasons, and maybe he'll get, you know, a flamethrower off the bench for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, we'll see. You know, hopefully, hopefully he can come back. And uh, you know, I think he's thirty-four years old. So, um, you know, it's a, it's, the injury is not nearly as bad as it used to be. But you know, when you're that old, you just never know how you're going to respond. So, um, yep. let's just do a little speed round here. I'll read out some free agent signings. You tell me whether you like them or not. Um, First one, Lou Dortz, five years, $87.5 million. So much money, but I guess they have to make the minimum, so why not? Yeah, I mean, I like uh, I think it is too much. Yeah, if it was like five years, 75, I wouldn't mind it too much. Yeah. Maybe five years, 70, wouldn't be as bad. But like you said, it's not like they're in a bad cap situation and not necessarily trying to win right now. So it's, it's not a bad I, I mean, I'm sure it'll look, if he continues developing, it yeah. could look like a value in the later yeah, years. The so. Yeah. Five years is a long time. So, yeah. Um, so Marvin Bagley, three years, $37 million with Detroit. Uh, again, they have a pretty good cap situation, but, he hasn't done anything in the NBA, so um, yeah, I don't know why. Amazed. He got three years. I, yeah. I don't know how he got more than a year, but good for his agent. Yeah, God bless him. Uh, Chris Boucher, three years, thirty-five million dollars. Uh, I again, this like Alex Darling. He's a guy who does a few things really, really, really well, and then is way undersized and gets killed on defense. And yeah, you don't want to It's terrible in other ways. 20 to 25 minutes a game. Yeah. Um, so I think it's good to keep him. I think he's a valuable player in the right situation, but you, like I said, you can't play him more than like 20 minutes a game. So a little skeptical of the total dollars, but I like the player, I guess, and I guess it's fine to bring him back. Yeah. PJ Tucker's three years, $33.2 million. Way too much money. I don't get it at all. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't get it either. He has not been here for a while. He's 38. He was better yeah. last year than he was in the playoffs two years ago when everyone thought he was great. But... Um, Still, I mean, three, why would you give him three years? Like, yeah, 30, I feel like he could have got thirty-seven two years old. Or, yeah, and like all he does is play physical. Like he's gonna, it's just gonna break down one day, and it's gonna happen during these three years. So, sucks for Philly. Um, <laughs> Cody Martin, 
four years, $32 million. Just the Hornets, I, I like that move for them. I, like, don't even know. I don't even know enough about Cody Martin to tell you if that was good or not. But oh. I'll take the word on it. Yeah. He's a Nevada twin from the tournament a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Cody and Caleb. Yeah. Tyus Jones, two years, $30 million. Good value. Yeah. He could be a, he's kind of like in the Monte Morris camp, I, I would say. Yep. They're both yep. in the same camp there. Um, Kavon Mooney, three years, $25 million. I would not like it if it was a different team, but the Warriors' no, structure and system seems to make it work, so I like it. Yeah. JaVale McGee, McGee, three years, $20 million. Um, I mean, it's so little money. I think that's fine. But I, I feel like McGee was talking about how he's going to be starting with that money, which is yeah. kind of a lot. But uh, <laughs> I think it's fine. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's a fine player. Yeah, he's he's a backup, and if he is, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ricky Rubio, three years, $18 million. Back up. Uh, I think it's great value. Yeah. yeah. Six million a year. I mean, he's going to spend most of the year recovering, um, or at least part of the year recovering. But yeah, great value for the Cavs. I love it. Uh, Kyle Anderson to Minnesota, two years, $18 million. Slow mill. Uh, I like that also. I think that was a good signing and helps to fill out you know, their rotation that they just sent the entire thing out of. So. Yeah. Um, so your boy John Wall to the Clippers, two years, thirteen million dollars. I think, I think he's got anything left. He's still not thirty-two. Yeah, I. I mean, he has basically not played yeah, basketball he, for eighteen months. He should, be fresh as hell. he should be super fresh. I think this is great. I think the Clippers got to be considered one of the favorites in the West. Um. Yeah. Not because of John Wall, but I think it's just like cherry on top. I I have hope. I will always love John Wall, so I have hope he's gonna still have something to show. Yeah, I mean, why? How could you not? I mean, he's, he's an exciting player. You got to root for him for the better part of a decade. So, um, another one here. Bruce Brown to the Nuggets for $13 million, two years. Not a bad deal at all, I don't think. Him, yeah. Him coming uh, down to the would be so much fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. He's a great cutter. He's a great defender. That's going to fit perfectly with Jokic. Uh, Miami Heat brought back Victor Oladipo on a one-year, $11 million deal. Um, I think that's pretty good if, if you get what you got out of the playoffs. It wasn't wasn't quite consistent enough, but they have so many other options that they're not relying on him to the point that they can't overcome that. Yeah, I would have been pretty wary about a multi-year deal for him, but one year, even if 11, seems kind of a lot, it's still just one year, and what are you going to do with that money anyway, so why not? Yeah. Uh, the Warriors signed Dante DiVincenzo for two years, $9.3 million. Another Warriors reclamation project. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sure he'll be 
a key contributor in some playoff game, and everyone's going to ask how the Warriors got this guy for $6 million. Yeah. I think that's about all I had on here. Were there any other signings you wanted to bring up? No. Uh, I don't think so. I think that covers most of them. Um, who's your way too early title favorite? Oh, wow. Um, whoever gets Kevin Durant? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> because the teams it sounds like he's going to are going to be like, like they're already really good. So, yeah. Um, I mean, the Warriors have got to be up there. I mean, they haven't really yep. done much except to kind of bring everyone back, except they lost Gary Payton, which they didn't really have him for the key part of the playoffs anyways. Um, but, you know, the Suns, no matter what happens with the Suns, the Suns got to be up there, I'd imagine. Uh, I think, well, the Mavs, Mavs not bringing back uh, Brunson is pretty tough, not having anyone. I mean, I guess your replacement for him or compensation for him is Christian Wood, but they completely different players. And so, um, and then, you know, Boston, Milwaukee. I mean, I'd probably pick Milwaukee if I had to pick one team right now, just because Giannis. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think in the East, I think it's pretty close between Boston and Milwaukee. Um, I really like them and yeah I I do like what the Sixers did besides the um, PJ Tucker PJ Tucker move I love the trade that they made Um, I think that was really smart and if they have actually convinced James Harden to work out and take less money like that's a coup yeah yeah um, and he's one of the few notable unsigned players we got left. Um, all signs indicate that he's going back to the Sixers, so not much drama or excitement around that. Um, DeAndre Aiden still hasn't signed with anyone or been traded, signed in a sign-and-trade. Um, seems like the most likely scenario now is a sign-and-trade, um, potentially involving Kevin Durant, so... We'll definitely be following that one closely. Um, Colin Sexton is a restricted free agent. Um, sounds like he's going back to Cleveland. Um, not, not sure on the, the dollar figure yet. And then uh, kind of a wild card is TJ Warren. Um, the last time we really saw him was in the bubble. Um, and he was averaging about 25 points a game in the bubble. So um, he hasn't played for the better part of the last two years, I guess. So, um, you know, we'll see what he's got left, uh, how he's doing after these injuries. Um, but I, I think if he returns anywhere close to form, I mean, if he can come off your bench or be your fifth starter, um, I mean, he can he can be some instant offense for you. So, yeah, I hope he can come back and was but it's kind of scary when you haven't seen him play in two years yeah yeah so and i think it was the same injury the whole time too yeah, yeah. Uh, i don't love that yeah um well that, that's all i had um you know summer league 
is underway already. I, I haven't had a chance to watch much yet, but um, probably be watching a little bit over the next few days with all the the high profile rookies in. I, I assume they're all playing. I haven't heard one way or the other though. Yeah, I saw Keegan Murray played pretty well last night. Um, so maybe a great draft pick by the uh, Kings. You know, you can take everything uh, at face value from summer league. So. Yeah. For sure. But still fun um, to talk about, still fun to watch. Yeah. Fun to be there in person. Vegas. Um, it's like uh it's kinda like going to the final four. It's just like uh it's like a big network of basketball. I, I was there one year and it was just random a bunch of basketball, just the most random basketball former NBA players and stuff like that, just walking in the lobby of the hotels and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I would love to go some here. We'll do it. We'll do it next year. Sounds good. All right, man. That's all I had. Talk to you later. Later. Peace.